May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to thee, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. In the Gospel reading today, Jesus talks about two things. The first thing that he says is that God wants us to be a part of the kingdom. And when he talks about kingdom, what he's talking about is that time when all shall be one, when the world will be restored to unity, when things will be as God intended them to be, when creation will be united. And that's what God wants for us. And then the second thing that Jesus says is, so get ready and be ready. Now, if we were reading the King James Version, we would find out that some of the ways of getting ready might seem a little bit obscure to us, a different customs, a different time. So where it says, um, I don't remember exactly, but something about being your clothes ready, something like that. In the, in the uh, Old Testament, or I'm sorry, in the King James Version, it says, gird your loins. And what that meant in, in ancient times, you know, everybody wore long robes. So if you wanted to be able to act quickly, if you wanted to be able to run, you needed to take the edges of your robe and wrap them up in your belt so you could move in an instant. I mean, today we would probably say, have your shoes on and the laces tied tightly, right? Be ready to run. I think when he says, make sure your lamps are lit, we get that. We assume that there would be enough juice in them, you know, keep your cell phones charged, make sure you have your, your cell phone light available, make sure that everything's good to go. And then when he talks about waiting, you know, my first instinct when he talks about slaves and masters is to wince. And that's, you know, the legacy of chattel slavery in America. I hear that, those, those examples, and I, I start have to have to leap over that. It's so hard. But I just want you to know that in the time of Jesus and his disciples, slavery was just an ordinary thing. And everybody knew that it was the job of servants and slaves to stay awake and be vigilant until the master came home and to make sure they were able to do whatever the master needed once he got home. Now, the analogy is not perfect, but I think it's something like when parents wait for their kids to come home at curfew, or when we're sitting up at night waiting for somebody who's traveling through the night, maybe through bad weather, and it's that kind of vigilance. Have your, know where your car keys are, have your license ready, make sure the car has gas, know that you'll be able to respond instantly. That's the kind of preparation that Jesus says we need to have. And then, what is the consequence of preparation? Jesus says, the tables will be turned. The master will serve the slaves and will be invited to a wedding feast. Now understand this. It's not a thank you dinner. Thank you for being awake when I came in from the rain and you had a towel ready to hand me. This is not a thing. This is not a Chipotle gift card or an olive card gift card or even say a certificate to whatever the fanciest restaurant in Indianapolis is, you know, or Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. It's not that. It's not a thank you. It's not even a birthday dinner or a retirement dinner or a reunion dinner. This is a wedding feast. Because wedding feasts are a one-time deal in which you rejoice that the lover and the beloved 
are brought together. That that which has been separated has been made one. That two families are united. That two people will begin sharing a life together. And in that imagery, Jesus says, this is what God wants for creation. That all the ways in which we are divided from ourselves, from each other, from the creation itself, that division will cease and we all will be one. Get ready and be ready. This is what God wants for us. Jesus also tells us that part of getting ready and being ready is looking at how we live our lives in relation to other people. He says, get rid of possessions. Give money to people who need it. Make sure that when you look back on your life, you see something that you like. Store your treasures up where the moths won't get at them. Get ready and be ready. And all of these things, being vigilant, paying attention, Paying attention to the circumstances of the world. Being ready to serve those who need serving right now. All of these things are the way that we live faith. Now I think another problem in our everyday American life is that the word faith has been co-opted by some people who claim that what faith is, is checking off boxes of this tenet and this dogma and this doctrine. That is not what faith is. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And in plain English, what that means is that faith is what we have when we say, that's the goal. I don't see anything clearly between here and there, but here we go. Left foot, right foot, Left foot, breathe, still not clear, left foot, right foot, left foot, breathe. That's what faith is. Faith is looking at the kind of world, the kingdom, what it is that we have oriented our lives for, and knowing that we can only get there a little bit at a time. We can only get there by getting ready, being ready, making sure that the things that we do are treasures day by day that we know are part of that ultimate goal. So the letter to the Hebrews, where that beautiful definition of faith comes from, right? Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. The letter to the Hebrews is a perfect Complement a perfect bookend to Jesus' command that we be ready and that we be facing the kingdom. Because the letter to the Hebrews says, look at the examples of the past who did just that. Look at Sarah, whose husband Abraham said, we're moving. And she said, okay. They didn't know where they were going. They didn't know who their neighbors would be. They didn't know if this would work out. They went a long time before they had that baby they were promised. And they only had one. And God said, don't worry, it'll be, you'll have as many descendants as there are grains of sand. They never saw that. But they kept walking. Left foot, right foot, left foot, breathe toward that goal. 
Faith is what you are doing when you try to be the person you hope you can become. Faith is what you are doing when you fail and then you get ready and you stay ready and you do it differently next time. That's what faith is. And the thing about faith and all of this preparation is it tells us something really important about our God. Time matters. Okay, now that may seem obvious to you. Time matters. But think about this. God, Alpha and Omega, the creator of time. God created time. God lives outside of time, beyond time, is bigger than time. The tiny little drop of water that is our lifetime in the vast, ever-flowing river of eternity Does that really mean anything? And apparently to God it does. Because the time that we have in our lives matters to God that we prepare, we be ready, and that we act. Because God has desired that we be co-creators of the kingdom with God. God could make it all happen at God's pleasure. But instead, God has invited us God wishes us to be a part of that happening, of that creation. And that's why Jesus says, get ready, be ready. Make sure that the things you do are the things that are going to bring the kingdom. Time matters. We are co-creators. And there's a second thing about that. The second thing is that when we do things like, say, serve the non-food pantry give away some possessions, give money to people we know need it. We're not just changing their lives, we're changing ourselves. We become different people as we do this left foot, right foot, left foot, breathe thing. We become transformed into people who make sense in the kingdom, who are a part of that unity. Episcopal theology, and believe me, Episcopal, well, my father-in-law was um, a Presbyterian who had a really strong Calvinist streak, and he loved theology. And he would say to me, Jen, is there any theology in the Episcopal Church? Now, if you want to know what's behind that question, I would love to talk to you about it sometime. I love my father-in-law so much, and I think it was a hilarious question. But I will tell you that one thing about Episcopal theology is the uh, doctrine of sanctification, which says that you and I are a part of this great, mighty river of eternity. And we are changing. And we are changing to slowly become more and more and more perfect. And we will never become perfect. But as we become more perfect or a little bit more perfect, or a little better, or a little bit good, or a little less bad, or however incremental it is, we are closer to God. In sanctification, this happens through the course of our lifetime. God cares about time. Time matters. And it happens beyond. This is the Episcopal theology about what happens beyond this life that we are ever growing closer, ever becoming more that person whom God wanted to create. Time matters. We are all co-creators. So prepare.
get ready, stay ready, and take a, take a step with your left foot, and with your right foot, and with your left foot, and then don't forget to breathe.